You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In the new documentary, Running with Arnold, our guest today, director Dan Cox, follows Arnold Schwarzenegger from his childhood in post-World War II Austria through his days as a weightlifting champion and action movie star to his circus campaign to become the leader of the world's fifth largest economy as governor of California. It's a politically charged film that tells the fascinating and humorous story of one of the most famous men of our time. Cox is an award-winning journalist who has worked for Reuters News Agency, Variety, New York Post, CBS News, and the Los Angeles Business Journal. Dan Cox, welcome to Film School. Thank you. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good, good. It's uh, actually not too bad in Chicago. It was, it was freezing. It was like like five below, and now it's uh, about 60. I don't, really? Yeah, when, it when was, was literally it? two days ago. It was five and ten degrees, and now it's 60. It's <laughs> My goodness, I have, that, that's quite a jump. That well, almost weird. Hits. I, I, yeah. you know, I haven't been in Chicago in ages. I mean, I just, I'm coming back here to visit my mother, and it's kind of surprising. I think this has to do with tornadoes that are coming through the Midwest. I don't fully get it. I guess some really? warm front through from the Gulf of Mexico. I, well, we, we just, uh, I don't know if you were here in L.A., but we had that little storm blow through here last weekend, and they were talking about winds in the Tahoe area. Reaching up to 150 <laughs> miles an hour. Not 150. That's what I heard. I heard from, yes. It's good for sailing. Wow. Yeah. Well, tell me, how did you happen to decide to do a film on our governor? For me, it came out, it was in 2003. I mean, you guys were around during the recall. And, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It was an insane time. It was an insane concept. I was almost kind of a watcher. I just watched the thing happen. And I had been working in New York, actually, at the New York Post in 2002, and I had come back out to the West Coast. I had done a freelance piece up at the Sun Valley Conference in uh, Sun Valley, Idaho. I had driven out there, and I decided to drive down to L.A. because I had worked out here for 10 years, and I thought, well, I'll come and say hello to some people. And I did that, and suddenly people were talking about the concept that Arnold might be running for governor. Now, I knew Arnold from having... I was at Variety for 10 years, and I, I was a film editor, and so I dealt with him quite a bit. And I was very familiar with him, and I said, well, this will be kind of fascinating to watch. And I suggested it to a couple of different producers I knew. I said, I'd love the idea of doing a documentary on Arnold. And they said, well, what do you know about documentaries? And I said, well, I've seen a lot of them. (laughs) I said, I don't know anything about it. But the fact is, I'm a journalist. I've been a journalist for 20 years. I think I can wield my way through one. You can tell a story. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I started. I started doing it. I shouldn't even mention the guy's name. There was a producer who was on board initially. He was on board, and uh, he was going to partner with Roger Corman, of all people. Oh, wow. And they were going to get behind this thing. They were on it for about a week and a half, and then suddenly they weren't on it anymore. <laughs> Maybe I was learning about Hollywood the hard way. You know, people get on and say, oh, yeah, great idea. Let's do it. Okay, we'll finance the whole thing. It's great. Incredible. And then suddenly, well, sorry, we can't do it. Okay, is that just the 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 way of the world in Hollywood? Or there's a sort of urban legend that's grown up around Arnold, and this particularly during the recall uh, campaign, that if you were from that community, from the Hollywood filmmaking community, and you worked against him, that this was going to cost you. Do you have any? Do you have any? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if it cost me or not. The no. fact is, well, is that, I don't know. Is there any truth in it? Because that, that was, I think, that might have been a worry about some of these people. I'm not saying Roger Corman was reacting to that. Okay. I, don't, I don't necessarily say that. At the same time, 
It's hard to say. I've had people coming on and off this film. I mean, the thing is, I got tapped into it early on because we were able to secure a camera. Once we had the camera, we were just on the road and said, fine, we're going to do this. We were so excited about doing it. I quite literally, I remember the very first thing I did wasn't even an Arnold event. It was actually when Arnold had to turn over his taxes to the media. As with everything with Arnold, he was very clear about getting press conferences, everything he did. He would always get the press on board to watch him and say wonderful things about him because he knew that would help his campaign. Mm -hmm. So I went out there that day in Santa Monica, and I went over his tax forms, looked at it, called his offices and said, look, I just want to set this up. Can we set up an interview? And they they wouldn't do an interview. They would refuse to do any interviews, which is the big bugaboo about the whole thing. Arnold wanted to be out there on the campaign, wanted to run for governor, but he didn't want to be interviewed. Because he was a man of the people. I think he got a little backwards. You're supposed to make yourself available. You're supposed to be saying, we want to do this. You're supposed to make this something that people can understand. And he didn't care because he thought he could win just doing it his way. And the truth was, he can and did. Uh, we're speaking with Dan Cox. He's director of Running with Arnold. Now, does that mean that Arnold is a control freak? Do you think that's what's going on? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> that's, that's putting it extremely lightly. Uh, In a Hollywood, which is a town full of control freaks, Arnold takes the cake. He is the top-line control freak of all time. He ran his campaign. He manicured his campaign. He made everything happen on his campaign. And he claimed that he had staffers and advisors and other people telling him, do this, do that, do this. The fact is, he makes all the final decisions. Early on, he said that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to go this way. He's going to go that way. It's going to be him. He wants advice, but he will take it or reject it on his whim. And it's kind of an amusing thing to watch. But again, he ended up monstrously winning. Although the recall, he didn't monstrously win, but he did win. And uh, I think he won about... 48% 48% of the vote? Yeah. He did very little campaigning. He right. literally spent a month and a half. And, of course, his competition were like porn stars and, you know, Larry Flint. But he had enough name power and name recognition, and the, and the Terminator 3 had just come out, so it was a big hit. Because of that, he was able to win fairly easily. And in the process, I mean, the, the, since there hadn't been a successful recall, I don't believe there's been a successful recall in California history, this was really kind of pulling back the covers on this whole process. And well, it, it, it was a surprise to everyone. I mean, I, frankly, I was one of the people who was dead set against the recall. I thought, you vote somebody in, you vote him in, and he stays for the four years, and that's that. Well, unless, he, you know, unless he commits to some heinous crime, you vote them in. Sorry. You're stuck with them. Yeah. And in this case, I, the concept that California's ephemeral sensibility that makes me nuts. You know, yes, we go, well, we voted him in, yeah, let's just recall him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's well, Gray Davis, ridiculous. Gray Davis had only been in office, I think, a little over a year and a half when this when this happened. So, oh, I know. No, well, yeah. he well, had had a year a term before that. Well, I know that, but and I mean, I mean, he was term, reelected. Yeah. It wasn't even that. It was like, it was, uh, it's insane. He was, was it October 2003? He was elected in 2002. Yeah. So it wasn't a year and a half. I think it was a, a year and a month. Now, you get into this in the film Running with Arnold, how this sort of unfolded. There was clearly, and we know factually, that there was manipulation of the energy market in California. We we think there definitely was that. I mean, you know, that was made clear that the whole deal with Enron, I mean, what it makes interesting to me was that the interesting character was Cruz Bustamante. He was the one filing all those lawsuits against Enron and maintaining that California's right to this energy. He kind of got the negative side to this. Nobody paid any attention. He didn't do much in the recall. Nobody really paid any attention to anything he had to say, which was too bad because, you know, he was a decent politician and 
he probably deserved to be governor, but uh, that's a different issue. I wasn't saying I voted for him or thought I would have. Well, if you're going to play this out to its logical extension, and that is if Gray Davis is voted out of office, Cruz was the guy. Although there was a a lot of resentment on the part of the Democratic Party, the leadership, that anyone would get in or announce their candidacy in light of the recall, given that they thought it would detract from the the no on the recall. That was the problem that everyone faced. And I think all these Democrats who were getting on board and saying, oh, we got to do this, but uh, they didn't want to do the recall because they thought, oh, it's ridiculous. The recall is a problem, but at the same time, I want to win. You understand that concept, but then you say, well, what's the best case scenario for the politician? Does it make sense to try and get in this election? There were numerous people who got on board and said, you know, Arianna Huffington's a prime example. Mm. Arianna Huffington is not really a politician, but she's a a speaker-type personality, whatever you want to call her. Mm -hmm. And she had a lot of support. She had a lot of people getting behind her. She was very much in favor of the recall because she thought it could make her governor. Mm. And then when she suddenly realized that Arnold was kicking her butt, I went to that press conference. I went to the little event in a storefront in uh, East L.A. She got up in front of all these people and said, I'm stepping down from the campaign. I'm getting out of the race. I'm going to devote the rest of my working days and hours to going against the recall and going against Arnold. And I said, well, at least you're stating it outright. Yeah. Mass hysteria for about six, seven weeks, wasn't it? No, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, yeah. what was it was funny to watch. I mean, I was taking it as a, from a journalistic perspective. That's yeah. literally, I, went, I yeah. mean, I had a camera and I was doing this documentary, and I made that very clear to the Arnold staff and everybody else around. But I just said, this is what I'm doing. And I was kind of watching this circus-like atmosphere unfold, and it was unbelievably comical. I like the idea that, you know, on one day I'm interviewing Mary Carey, and Mary Carey is telling me about her her desire to have sex with Arnold, and I thought, okay, well, that's a that's a good policy. <laughs> the next one was uh, next day. I was watching you know Ariana Huffington bad mouthing him, doing this and that and the other, and then I'm watching Tom McClintock giving him a hard time, and um, it was just absolutely amusing all the way. And Larry Flint as well. You know, I mean, each wow. time it was some weirder and weirder each day. And the film Running with Arnold does a terrific job of capturing this kind of mass. Oh, it's, funny. it's funny, I'm glad you say that. There were earlier cuts on this, which were we delved much more deeply into it. And I mean, I had like dozens and dozens of these candidates. I talked to a bunch of them. Some of them were made available at a, a weird impromptu press conference that Jay Leno actually had. Yeah. And he invited all these candidates to come to the Tonight Show and appear because Arnold had gone on and said he was running on the Tonight Show. And they said, mm-hmm. well, what the hell? We can all come on The Tonight Show. And they all came. They were all in the audience. And he didn't put them on stage, but he had them all in the audience. And then he had them all available for all the media that came. And all of us were there backstage with them. And then we all were out in the parking lot running around with cameras and notebooks and talking to everybody under the sun. And they all had something to say. And they all were weird. And they all were strange. And all of them had paid $3,000. I had 65 signatures, which is what it took to get into the recall. Mm-hmm. A weird existence for an election, but it's California, you know. What well, you do? I had a feeling, though, that we hit a new height for uh, embarrassing ourselves during that period of time. Well, I, I know yeah. I was ashamed of it. I, I was thinking, you know, what, what's the rest of the world thinking about us here? It's, I like some sort of respectable public image, and this was horrible <laughs> for a state where That's in right. the 50s and 60s we were number one in yeah. so many ways. Yeah. I think you tapped exactly into it. That's exactly what it was. The fact is, yeah. we were embarrassed. It was ridiculous. I mean, we, and I, I'm not going to say we, because even though I lived in California for 15 years, I don't want to call myself a Californian, because I, I was embarrassed by the whole process. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I remember I was doing an interview uh, with a woman from the Washington Post, a lovely woman, very nice, 
she was out there covering the campaign like all of us, and she just said, it's a big joke. It's a big joke. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. You know, why should anyone take Californians seriously? And I go, well, you're mm-hmm. right. I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is. Well, I'm going back to that period of time, and I remember, I didn't listen to a lot of talk radio, but I do remember this hysteria. I mean, it really was hysteria. I keep using that word, but it really did manifest itself that way when the car tax came in this oh yeah this yeah. heinous car no, tax and i can think talk radio when you're probably saying kfi exactly what i'm saying KFI john ken and those idiots were yeah they so, really are morons and they're yeah, nutcases yeah. i mean john and ken and those dopeys well rush limbaugh of course well then there's handle there's all these guys over there they're just it, it, it every day it was it was no, literally it was, it was literally idiot. arnold's recall campaign headquarters for the first few weeks of this thing when it started to take some shape it, it was that borderline psychotic. What, what talk radio was doing in California, of all places, I grew up in the Midwest, in Chicago. I lived in New York for a long time, and then I moved out to, uh, for a job at Variety in 93, and I moved to California, and I kind of liked it. I didn't really love it all that much. I had always envisioned California as these kind of this state of a lot of wackos. Maybe that's just the personality that they exude, or they make people think, or people think about it because that's the media sports. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's what I thought. After 2003 rolled around, I thought, okay, now it's true. This is why I understand. Well, going along with all of this, as we talk with Dan Cox in his film, Running with Arnold, which opens this week at the Lemley Sunset Five, there is this whole nexus, which the, the film really kind of highlights. You alluded to it earlier, and that is Arnold, who's a well-known action hero, international film star, goes on the Jay Leno show to announce his candidacy for governor. Yeah. And it's this big melding together of show business and politics, and Arnold seems to embody that in a very perverse sort of way. And here we are, and here well, we have that's this. exactly what he is. He is a, a meld of that particular, those particular arenas. The fact is, Arnold was really just a showman in Hollywood. That's, I mean, he was a weightlifter, bodybuilder, and then he was a showman in Hollywood. He was an actor, if you can call him an actor. You know, I, don't, I don't know if I can see him doing Shakespeare, but that's a different issue. Right. The fact is, he's a movie star who's appeared in these action films and very successful and wonderful. He decided on his own, because he's a very intelligent man. Nobody will ever take that away from him. The fact is, he decided on his own that he was going to run. Now, to me, the most interesting part was Arnold wanted to run in 2002. He was interested in 2001 in terms of creating a campaign that would run directly against Gray Davis. But I think he realized that it was going to take a serious effort. The recall was a fluke. And the, at the time, he was thinking he was going to run for governor. He was going to go in a nine- or 12-month campaign to make it happen. Well, running for governor against Gray Davis in a general election would have required that he spend a lot more time being vetted by the public. It would no, have exactly. it would have required well, a lot more scrutiny over an extended period of time. He probably wouldn't have held up under that scrutiny. Well, I think you're 100% right. But we, we talk about that to some extent, yeah. because I did an interview with a, a guy who's a private detective. Uh, he's a former porn star. He was doing this private investigating for Pelicano. His name is Paul Baresi, and he's a really lovely man. I, I was enjoyed him. We chatted quite a bit. I did a nice interview. He had done this uh, research on Arnold because Pelicano had been hired by Arnold to do research on Arnold. Yeah, on himself. Right. On Arnold, and that's understandable. And you can understand why politicians would get somebody to look up, look into their background, and see where the bad uh, negative parts are and what, what what can they eradicate and what can they get rid of and that's what he did he hired pelicano hired baresi to do this research for him baresi got a job working for arnold like a runner for arnold i mean we had a picture of him ushering uh, her him and maria to something and he talked at length about 
what it was and what he was able to do. Now, at the same time, he actually found out all this information. He found all this dirt on Arnold. He found all sorts of material and all sorts of stuff. Right. And I said, "Will you divulge some of it to me?" He goes, "Well, I can't give it all. Of it. I can't give it all to you, but but he he divulged some of it." And some of it was interesting. Uh, it was just about Arnold and the affairs he'd had and the various people he was screwing around with and this and that and the other. And the fact is he ended up giving it to Pelicano. Pelicano ended up giving it to the National Enquirer. Yeah. You know, it was ridiculous. Maybe that way he was paying off a debt. I'm not sure. Didn't, and I don't want to get too far into this, but didn't he deceive Reardon right before the election, right before getting he did, into... He did a little bit. He always thought he was a good friend of Reardon. He, well, Reardon said That's Richard Reardon, who used to be the who was the mayor. Well, he used mayor. to be the mayor, yes. Oh, and he, Reardon, I talked to Reardon on the campaign as well, and he had, he said, oh, uh, I'm really supportive of Arnold. I was really, I really wanted him to win. I really wanted him And I said, I thought you were running against him. I thought you were running, and he wanted to make way for you. He said, oh, no, no. This is, I always wanted Arnold to win. This is what I was looking for. I think Arnold really cut the rug out from uh, Reardon, because what he did was, the reason he got into the recall, after Reardon had said he was probably going to take over the recall and win it, uh, Arnold got into it because he had heard that Dianne Feinstein wasn't going to run. Mm. And when, as soon as he heard that, he had handlers saying to him, you know what, if Feinstein's not in it, you're a shoo-in. You'll, get, yeah. you'll take it. I have this theory that, uh, that's been rolling around in my head for quite some time, and it goes back to the presidential campaigns back in the 90s when Steve Forbes ran as a Republican. And that is that people ask him, why are you running for president? And he said, I'm making money. And what he meant by that was because of his higher profile, because the Republican process, uh, nomination process, Forbes magazine was selling more ad space. And and he made money. My contention has been all along that Arnold knew one of the calculations for him running in the recall was win or lose, he was going to sell more DVDs. And well, that he probably a, made money running for, for this office. That's not a bad theory. In fact, I think that's probably pretty accurate. At the same time, I couldn't tell you what his uh, relationship was in terms of the distributor of Terminator 3 and how that related to the DVDs. I'm sure he had a back end on it. I mean, no, he, he made a lot of money on for, it. Forget about Terminator 3, because that, that didn't do as well. I know that this sort of came just before he, he <laughs> went. Yeah, it was but, like that summer. But I do remember, and this is a vivid memory uh, for me, it was looking at these, you know, the Target pullout ads. For All the films were suddenly available as DVDs. I used to see advertising for them throughout this process. I am certain that he made a lot of money running for governor. Well, it's entirely possible. That's one of the reasons he and, did it. And he I want you to look... It to make sense. But I think, I think Arnold's, Arnold's interests go beyond that. I'm no. not, not taking that down. I'm, I agree yeah. with you to some extent. At the same time, I do think he's very egotistical, and he does think that he should be president of the United States, and he does think that he should be in charge of a major political arena. Yeah. Uh, and the state of California fits that bill pretty well. Okay, he did have greater goals, greater personal goals. You know, he had a lot of money. He always he had two or three hundred million dollars. Right. So I don't think he was dying to make tons of money. But I agree with you. I'm sure he didn't mind making money. No, I'm sure. Well, well I, I don't agree with Mike. And and I think the clip that really? you, well, I mean, to some degree I do. But I think more to the point, the clip that you have right at the beginning of the film, where Arnold is saying that some people like to be loved by their family, by their wife, <laughs> by their friends. But there are other people, special people like him, that need more out of life, that need to be loved by, and, and I'm going to fill in the blanks, uh, <laughs> obsessively by as many people well, that's as exactly possible. Arnold, though. He yeah. said it. That's why we use that at the front. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. He really wants to be loved by everybody under the sun, and he has lived his life that way. I'm not going to be a pop psychologist, but I do think it had a lot to do with his relationship to his father 
his father was very strict and stern with him, and I, I don't think there was a whole lot of love in that relationship. At the same time, his dad was his dad, and yeah, yeah. boy, that relationship sure was re- uh, revelatory from the film. And uh, well, exactly. Well, yeah. he he was a Nazi stormtrooper, and yeah. not I'm not making fun of it, and not yeah. making light of it. Yeah. I'm just stating the fact. I'm going to touch on something a bit controversial here. Do you have any words for Alec Baldwin at all right now? <laughs> well, <laughs> because, I'll tell you what. Yeah. You know what? We actually wanted to invite Alec Baldwin. I told Greg Abrams, who was one of the key financiers for uh, Running with Arnold, he's an executive producer on it, and I said to him, I think we should invite Alec to this premiere. Uh-huh. I said, I know he's against, I know he came out against it, but the fact is we're still using his voice. He has a great voice. Oh, he's he's, he's it's really good. And we really love his voice. And he's still on it. On the new cut, we actually labeled him. When we, when we took the thing to the to the Zurich Film Festival, where we won the Best Documentary Award, yeah. we didn't have it on the cut. We didn't. It didn't say narrated by Alec Baldwin because it didn't cut out. And I said, this is insane. Yeah, narrated it, and we should be doing it with him. That should be it. Yeah. yeah. For our listeners, yeah. he, uh, Alec Baldwin had a problem because there are some uh, clips of uh, Nazi rallies, and well, they seemed I, I, appropriate to me. Yeah, right? I was going to say the same they, thing. I, mean, I don't know why I, he'd be I, offended I, by I, that. I, 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 well, I, I, I don't either. You know what I think actually happened? I mean, if you guys, if you're talking about film and you're talking about Hollywood, I really think that Alec Baldwin was was called by his agency, yeah. I think by CIA, and said, <laughs> yeah. you know what, don't go against Arnold. He's yeah. going to be too powerful. <laughs> this is what I was talking I about. Agree. Yeah. Well, we, well, it's been a blast talking to a man who will never again work in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably, probably run out, run out by, on the railroad. I don't know. Are you going to continue to make films? Yeah, well, I actually have one in mind that I'm trying to put together, and it's, uh, it's a little bit more... Uh, well, it's actually, as of today, it's, it's got to be even more problematic. The film I was trying to do... Uh, was actually uh, about a little 11-year-old girl from the Valley who has a fixation on Hillary Clinton oh. and wanted to follow her campaign, and uh, well. <laughs> and we were going to do it. And we liked the idea of a little 11-year-old girl who's going to be looking at Hillary Clinton and watching her run for the first female president in the, in the history of the world. Yeah, but And we loved not. the idea, but I, that, as of this and weekend, it's it not looking may... so yeah, Who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah, well, you know, she could be as the comeback Bill, kid. The, the exactly right, the comeback kid, and that'll it be could a, that'll be. be, a, that be. I mean, well, actually, I had said I kept saying to the people who were working on that as we were putting it together. I said, you know, actually, if she loses, that's even better because the little girl had run for her presidential election in fifth grade and got trounced. No. And that's one of the reasons we got into the idea. We liked yeah. it. She was a little girl and she had run this election, and she didn't know what could happen with it, and she was hoping it could. And, well. It's it's a long process, and Barack has got a lot of scrutiny to be oh, yeah, subjected that's what I to. Anyway, that Barack is going to be under big time scrutiny if he actually is a front runner after today, and that may well be. And Barack, I'm, you know, Barack, strangely enough, where I'm in Chicago, I'm in Hyde Park on the South Side. That's where Barack lives. Yeah. And he's literally right down the... I was telling my mother about it. He goes, oh, we love Barack Obama here. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah, okay. Well. We all love him. It's like <laughs> yeah. we all loved Arnold during the recall campaign. Oh, Dan Cox, I want to <laughs> thank you so much for being here on uh, well, Film thank School. You. It was an interesting interview. The film is Running with Arnold. As I said, it opens this week uh, at the Lemley 5 Sunset. Uh, Good, and, and I hope any, everyone will come out and see it. I mean, I really, we really want to get people out. and Because I think what, the way it's going to run at the Lemley... Netflix is the one, and Red Lantern are the ones putting this thing out. Yeah. And the fact is, they want to see it uh, perform. If it performs, then we're doing it in San Francisco at the same time, and then yeah. they're going to do one in Chicago, they're going to do one in Washington, D.C., they're going to do one possibly in New York. There are all these various places where we may go if we do well from a theatrical sense. And well, then, well, uh, of course, there'll be the DVD. We're urging our listeners to get out there. And thank you so much for being here on Film School. Dan Cox, the film is Running with Arnold. Thank you. Yeah, it's fascinating. Great, great discussion.
To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.